with me because this word is going to bless you, right? It's going to transform you. This word is going to shift you. This word is going to enlighten you on, it's going to bring understanding to some of the seasons that you're in. And that's one of my assignments. Like one of my assignments that God has given me as a prophet and an apostle is to help people understand like that Issacharic anointing, help you understand times and seasons. So if you've been listening to me um, for any given point of time, I'm always talking about knowing what you're supposed to be doing, knowing who you're supposed to be doing it with and knowing where, right? Okay, so all of that is important. My topic tonight is entitled Called In From the Field, Called In From the Field, okay? And I'm coming out of 1 Samuel chapter um, 16, I believe it is, verses 11 through 13. I'm just going to sum it up for you. But 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 11 through 13. And the word of the Lord, again, I'm just summarizing that this is um, during the season of life when the prophet Samuel visited Jesse's house. By this time, God had fired Saul and God had already anointed David king of Israel. Now, let me say this, okay? God anointed David king of Israel before Samuel ever barked the doorstep of Jesse's house. So let's just say that God had already decided this is important because I want you all to know that some of you are waiting for manifestation. You're waiting for God to open certain doors or bring certain people into your path. And God has already done it. Those key people are already set for you. That key position, that key place is already done. That door is already open. And so what now earth has to do is earth has to align itself with heaven on earth as it is in heaven, as it is, okay? So for some of what you are believing God for or um, what you're, you're being patient, you're patiently waiting for, what you're waiting for is already done. So let me increase your faith tonight. Let me encourage you in your faith tonight. What you are waiting for God to do, God has already done it on earth as it is in heaven. And so earth has to come into agreement and into alignment with what heaven has already done. So with that in mind, when uh, Samuel visits um, Jesse's house to anoint the next king, now Samuel did not know who the next king was. All he knew was that the king was in Jesse's house. I want you to hear God on this, that even though God has already orchestrated your breakthrough has already ordered your steps. Understand that you may not have all the details, but you need to move in faith. You need to move in faith. You may not know who you're supposed to talk to. You may not know which door you're supposed to knock on, but you need to be in position. Because even though the work has already been done in heaven, you have to make movements in the earth, right? Your feet has to hit the ground. You have to take territory and gain territory until you find that place where heaven meets earth, the intersection, excuse me, where earth meets heaven, the intersection, okay? So Samuel is on his way to Jesse's house and the Bible says Samuel attempts to anoint this king, but the oil doesn't work. That's my translation. The oil doesn't work. Samuel has never up until that time had an issue with the oil. Come on, somebody. 
never had an issue with the oil. Sometimes you find yourself in seasons where you're like, this has always worked. Why isn't working? Why isn't it working now? And when you find things, this is not always the case, but it is the case in a lot of cases, that when you find things that all of a sudden stop working when it used to work, begin to evaluate your surroundings. Because if the oil always worked up until the time you get to Jesse's house around folk that the oil cannot identify with, the issue is not with the oil, the issue is with the people. And so what I marvel about the prophet Samuel is that he didn't force it. You can't force oil, people of God. You cannot force an anointing. You cannot force a gift. You can't even manufacture a season of blessing. You have to wait on God because there are things that will only respond to the will of God and the word of God. And so the oil in that cruise, Samuel's oil of cruise, would not respond to none of Jesse's sons, would not move. And guess what? Check this out. Because the oil wouldn't move, Samuel couldn't move. I need y'all to just sit right there with that for a minute. The oil couldn't move, Samuel couldn't move. Sometimes when we're trying to force something to happen and we say, oh, well, that's not it. Let me move on. You cannot move on. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, if you try to move on, you're going to cause an injunction. You're going to cause a breach in the realm of the spirit. You're going to cause a trespass. This is what's called a trespass, right? And what you're going to, what the enemy will do now because of your impatience, right? That's one of the fruit, uh, fruits of the spirit, temperance and long suffering. Because of your impatience now, you will go and manufacture a thing because you expected it to work. And it used to, and it should work but it's working on the wrong people. The container can't carry the oil. It is not designed to carry the oil. It is a leaky container. It is a container that will not stretch to house all of what the anointing is supposed to embody. Like it, you know what I'm saying? There are some people, I'm just gonna say it, that don't have the elasticity in their containers. In other words, they're rigid. And that's why Jesus had a problem with the old wineskins. It's rigid. It cannot change. It will not change. It will burst. Some people were like, you know what? Forget you. Like they are so resistant to change that they'll just, they'll just fall out. Like they just won't, right? And so Jesus took issue with that. And he talked about the difference between the new wineskin and the old wineskin. The new wineskin is pliable. Jesse's sons were old wineskins. They were used to a certain thing being done a certain way. Even Jesse was an old wineskin. David was a new wineskin. David could be molded and David could be shapened. And so whenever you find yourself in a season where you can't adapt, it's hard for you to go with the flow. You may be an old wineskin and old wineskins don't, that God doesn't have use in the kingdom for old wineskins, you'll do real good church-wise because you'll set up this type of routine and it'll become like an automatic, uh, you know, just a, a routine way of doing things. But you'll never fit in the kingdom because the kingdom is fluid and it's always movement, okay? So called in from the field. So Samuel has this oil that would not respond to Jesse's sons. That's why even the Bible says, for those of you who are leaders and listening, even the Bible says to lay um, hands, um, 
Don't lay hands suddenly on any man, right? Lest what you be a partake of a man's sin. Do you not know that laying hands, and when I say laying hands, I'm not talking about casting spirits out, but I'm talking about laying hands in terms of coming into agreement. When you come into agreement with something that God has not orchestrated, you become a partake of a person's sin. There will be folk who will be angry with you. They will call you all types of names. They will scandalize you because you will not lay hands on them. You will not come into agreement with them. And man of God, woman of God, you want to have to learn how to obey God rather than man and be able to take those hits, right, for the kingdom. So you have to be careful. The Bible warns us against um, laying hands suddenly. Be careful where you lay hands, okay? Um, <laughs> so that you don't become a partaker of that person's sin, right? You become, you, 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 you damage your witness, but not only that, the Bible said, and Jesus told him, he said, you make them twice a child of hell than they were in the beginning. And what you can do, especially with a novice, is you can cause them to have confidence in a gift without relationship with the gift giver. So you have to be mindful. Still talking about called in from the field. So when Samuel realized that the oil would not respond to neither of Jesse's sons, he had a dilemma. Either Samuel could say, you know what, something has to be wrong with this oil, or maybe I miss God. But you have to have a confidence, and I don't, you don't even have to be a prophet, but you need to have a confidence in what God has said. There is a king in this house. You understand what I'm saying? And so you can't be moved. And some of you may, I feel like God is saying to some of you, you have circumstances that are not coming together for you right now. And so there's a tendency to, to, <laughs> to pull up shop and run. Right. There's a tendency now to you, the spirit of flight is tempting and luring and drawing you in because I don't see this happening. So this must not be. I need to go somewhere else. I need to do something else. I need to. And there's a, you have to be careful with that temptation. If God told you, first of all, you got to you have to weigh the difference between what you said. God said now either God said the prophet is in Jesse's house or God didn't say it. Right. God doesn't change his mind just because the breakthrough doesn't manifest when you want it to. And so when God told uh, Samuel that to go down to Jesse's house and anoint me the next king, and the next king couldn't be found at that particular time, Samuel could not say, oh, I must have missed God, or God must have changed his mind. Let me go to the neighbor. No, either the king is in Jesse's house, or he's not in Jesse's house. Either the king is in Jesse's house, or God is lying. The king was in Jesse's house, but the king was working in the field. So what I want to just drive home to you as you're listening or as you're meditating in this word, praise God, is that you are going to be called from the place of labor, not from a place of rest. When you think about when Jesus called the um, early apostles, the disciples, he called each and every one of them from a place of labor. Now, why are we talking about this tonight? Because we, many of us have allowed the spirit of slumber, uh, the spirit of um, complacency to set in and we move for God when we want to move for God. And then we wonder why we're not called in for greater works. We wonder why God is not partnering with us to do greater works. It's because God is going to call you in from a place of labor. In other words, it, my God, he called um, Abraham in from a place of labor. He called Ruth in from a place of labor. He called um, Gideon. Even though he was bound by fear, he was still laboring. 
So there are no excuses in this hour. And I feel like God is saying, as many of us are wrapping up the end of the year, one of my spiritual daughters, she delivered a powerful word. Lady Keisha, man, she, oh my God, I'm still living and feasting off of that word. And so I believe that, you know, as, we, as we're counting down this year, and I know that the folks are already coming up with the phrases and the, the little catch, um, little catchy phrases for 2023 is going to be all right with me. <laughs> but let me tell you, if you don't do what God told you in 22, um, it ain't going to be all right with you in 23. You know what I'm saying? So we have to, let's break away from these old wives tales and these fables and these little catchy um, trends. And let's get away from that because there's no power in it. There's no deliverance in it. There's no power. There's no salvation. So let's just, let's move away from that. Right. And let's move and let's come into agreement with what God is saying. He called uh, David in from the field. So it doesn't matter if you're not in the house when the, your time comes. It doesn't matter if you're not at the table, as long as you're still engaged in the work. Because I hear people say, well, you know, I'm waiting for God to call me. I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting. Keep laboring. Don't stop. Don't be weary and well-doing for you shall reap in due season if you faint not. Watch out for the fainting uh, spirit. And let me tell you this, because I'm hearing God say this, that many of us faint in the day of breakthrough. In the day of breakthrough, you faint. And it is a setup from the enemy because he sees that thing afar off sometimes greater than what we can see it. And so with that, you find all of this whirlwind. During the time of Jesus's passion, he engaged in more warfare in that season than any other season of Jesus's ministry. Look it up, search the book. In Jesus's passion, you've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. That week of the passion leading up to his crucifixion, resurrection, he engaged in more warfare, spiritual warfare than in any other season of his life. Why? Because he was at that point of glory. He was at that point of breakthrough. And so I want you to be mindful uh, of the same thing, that whenever you feel the weight of your assignment sitting heavy on you, whenever you feel like you know, things are just coming against you. And before you can tackle one situation, two, three, four more break loo breaks loose on the other side. That's the time to dig your heel into the sand and keep plowing because your redemption draws nigh. Are you hearing God tonight? He is saying to you, those of you that are weary, he said, receive strength. Those of you that are heavy laden, he said, come unto me, all you that what labor. Come on, somebody. All you that labor, labor, God is talking to laborers tonight. He is encouraging the laborers tonight. He said, come to me. In other words, there is an invitation and there is an access to the throne room of God only, only for laborers. There is an access and there is a, an opportunity to sup and to dine and to feast and to be replenished and nourished in the presence of God. This place, Jesus said, in my house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not tell you, but I go to prepare a place. There is a place. There's a place in the realm of the spirit that only belongs to laborers. You can't go there. You won't make it there if you are not a laborer. Okay. So God called David in from the field. Samuel asked them, are these all your sons? And Jesse responded, well, no, the youngest is tending the sheep. 
And so Samuel said, go get him. Amen. And so God is saying to some of you tonight, I'm getting ready to call you in from the field. I'm going to call you in from a place of work. Granted, I'm going to assign you another work. Don't think I'm bringing you in to retire you. There's no retirement. We don't get to retire in this thing. Right? God's getting ready to call some of you in from the place of labor because, listen, as you were laboring, God has counted you worthy for the next season of labor, a greater work. He's counted you. He's your, your, suffer, your suffering, your persevering, your tenacity, your endurance has qualified you for this next. And there's glory on this level, people of God. There is glory. David had more work. Listen, hear God. He had more work. He had more warfare, but he had more glory. David had more glory in that next season than he did in the field, even though God was with him in the field. But it was a work that he did in the field that qualified him for this next level of glory. Glory to glory. You, Why would God glorify you on another level when you have not tapped into the present realm of where you of glory of where you are? Right. God, does, God doesn't waste. There's no waste in God. OK, so. He sends for him and the Bible says, listen to this people of God, I'm gonna let you go in a little bit. The Bible says that when he came in, do you know the first thing that Samuel recognized about David when David entered into the house was his complexion. It was his appearance. Dave, Saul was not moved by his age or his stature, because remember, all of his brothers were big, tall men, stately men. They were full-grown men. They were soldiers in Saul's armies, and God overlooked every last one of them, because God is not interested in who looks the part. God is interested in the one who is called to the part, okay? So you can have all of this extra stuff, and that's what Esther did. Esther said, I don't need any of that. Let me just go in. If I'm chosen, I'm going to be chosen with this um, new wig or not. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get this job if I wear a blue dress or black. It doesn't listen. What belongs to me belongs to me. I'm going to show up. I'm going to present myself and I'm going to receive what God has for me. I'm not about to put on nothing extra. I'm not even trying to impress you. It ain't even about you at this point. You're just a conduit. You are just a servant. You are sent to get me to where I need to go in God. So I'm going to submit to this process. I will submit to the interview. I will, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. No, ma'am, no, sir. I will sit where you want me to sit. I will get up when you want me to get up, but don't get it twisted. The breakthrough is already mine. I don't care how many people are in line. All of Jesse's brother, uh, sons were in line ahead of David. When I tell you when the season of favor is pronounced upon you and God has said that this is your hour, this is your time for breakthrough. I don't care how many people are in line. I don't care how many folks apply for the same job. I don't care how many people put uh, a bid in on the same house. What is yours is yours. No one can change it but you. So what David, what Saul excuse me, Samuel, recognized was his appearance. What do you look like in the realm of the spirit? Do you look like you work? He looked, listen, he looked like his work, people of God. Anybody hearing God tonight? You look like you're working. You don't look like you've been feasting at the king's table. You don't look like you've been feasting at Jezebel's table. You don't look like you've been out wandering in the wilderness and can't be found anywhere. You look like you've been working. 
You look like you have been faithful to your assignment despite the weather, despite the circumstance. You look like you've been faithful. There is a look. Some people call it an aura, right? But there is a look, there is a countenance that you carry in the realm of the spirit that signifies and identifies and that cosigns that you've been faithful doing the work. David never had to say, hey, my name is David. I'm a shepherd out here in the field. I'm a worshiper. I'm a demon slayer. He never had to say a word. When he showed up, people of God, it was written all over his face. Come on. The glory of God was written all over his face. So let them push you to the back. I feel God. Let them forsake you. Let them overlook you. Let them push you to the side. Honey, let them forget that you were in line. Wait, let them forget. Let them forget. But when you show up, the glory of God and the anointing of God is going to, listen, it's going to speak for you. There's a song back in the day and said, let the work, the works that I've done speak for me. I don't have to say a word. Even Jesus said, you will not be heard for your much speaking. Some folk, listen, you have conversation and before you can say hello, they have read it off what they've done, who they've done it with, where they go. And God was like, I'm so not impressed because I'm looking at your countenance. And I don't see work nowhere. I don't see, <laughs> I don't see no evidence that you've been in the field. Oh God, who are you talking to tonight? I don't see evidence. I hear you sound like you've been out there. You've been around some people that's been out there. But in you, I don't see evidence. I don't see the fruit of a laborer. I don't see, I don't see it. I, yo, yo, count, listen, when they saw David, David, he was sun-kissed, right? He was sun-kissed. The Bible calls him like a, a red, reddish complexion because of the sun he was tan. Because he was out in the elements and God said, that's exactly what I want. I'm calling somebody that's not afraid to roll up their sleeves and get the work done. I'm calling somebody that will stay with the work until the work is done. I'm calling somebody that will forsake uh, the fun. And I'm not saying you can't have fun because you can't and you should, right? The earth is the Lord and the world, the um, earth is Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to you. But what I'm saying is you have to learn how to prioritize when it's a time to play and when it's time to work. You got to know your seasons. You got to know your times. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to speak. There's a time to be silent. You've got to know when there's a time to labor, when there's a time to rest. Some folk can't get off the, the resting part. You just can't get off the couch. In the realm of the spirit, you cannot, God can't get you off the couch. He cannot get you out of that comfort zone. He just, he can't. And he stirred everything around you and you just won't move. But then you want God to move. And God said, I, you got to, I work with seed. God works with seed. He harvests what you give him. So if you give him nothing, he's a faithful God. <laughs> he gives you nothing, right? He will provide for you, but he won't bless you. If you listen to my podcast, I talked about the difference between a harvest and a blessing. A harvest is not a blessing. And sometimes we don't know the difference. You don't know the difference. You're living in a harvest, but you're not living in a blessing yet. Moving right along. So David had this countenance that testified to the work. And sometimes, listen, I'm a laborer. 
those of you that know me, you know. And you do get tired. You do say, Lord, and God does give you rest. Come on now. There is a sanctified rest. Even God rested on the seventh day. For me, I'm that kid. I'm the Lord's kid that, I, you know, my body has to make me rest. And I'm just going to leave it like that. And I'm not going to say, God, let me get sick because God doesn't play, God doesn't hand out sickness, right? But what I will say that my body, and we have to be careful about that too. God will allow something to happen. Hey, it ain't, it's harvest. This body is not getting rest. This body's going to shut down and make you sleep. <laughs> Your leg's going to be like, no, we're not getting out of bed today. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to pain you. You know what I'm saying? Until you figure out that, um, yeah, you're going to chill out with all of that, right? Your body will fight you. You eat too much of one thing, your body's going to fight you. You eat too less of something, your body's going to fight you. So many times we're calling out demons. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm going with God. Many times we're calling out demons and pray for me and cast this spirit of infirmity. And it's not infirmity, it's harvest. Your body is harvesting the mistreatment or the abandonment or the lack of certain nutrients. And so here comes the headaches. Here comes the backaches and pains. That's a harvest. You reap what you sow. Closing out. So Samuel anointed him, verse 13. Samuel anointed David. And listen, in the presence of his brothers, somebody need to get ready. This, what God is about to do for you is not going to be a private solo, cave, private situation. God is about to, you have worked in secret. You have worked, you know what I'm saying? In, in the darkness, you have worked by yourself. You have labored when nobody saw what you've done. And the Lord said, the things that you've done in secret, I'm about to reward you openly. Nobody saw that day coming for David. And the day that's coming for you, People don't even see what God is getting ready to do. They just see that you're just a laborer. Oh, she's always doing this. He's always doing that. Okay. One day, and I prophesy this to you, one day God is going to reward you and open for all the things that you have done in secret. Things you didn't need to tell it and social media it and Facebook it and Twitter it and Instagram it and um, whatever the other things are. I can't keep up. Praise God. You don't have to put it out there. Oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. There are some things that God is going to require you to do in the kingdom and you better not tell nobody. Or Jesus will say, verily, verily, I say unto you, you have your reward. You got to watch pride. Pride wants people to look at me. Pride says, look at me. Look at how bad I am. Look at how nice I am. Look at what I'm doing. Pride calls Lucifer to fall and pride is causing people to fall. Are you hearing God? Because you want to be seen. You want people to know what you're doing. And there's a time Jesus told them in the beginning of his earthly ministry, please don't tell it. Don't publish it yet. Don't tell, excuse me, don't tell people what I'm doing. Just go home. The man in the tomb of Gadara wanted to tell everybody. He said, no, go home. It's not time. You understand what I'm saying? Know when it's time to tell it and when it's time to hold it in. You don't have to tell everything. Praise God. There's some things God just wants you to do. He wants you to commit to certain assignments and not say a word. And then he will reward you openly. And then he will testify of the things that you've done. Oh, I didn't know you was out there killing tigers and lions and bears. Yeah, I was. 
man, I didn't know you knew how to sling that shot, that slingshot. Yeah, I did. I do know how to sing. You understand what I'm saying? God is going to testify. God is going to make your name great. God is going to take you in the rooms, praise God, that your feet have never entered into, but your name is already there. Your chair is already set up in the room. You just hadn't got there because heaven has already spoken it and earth is coming into alignment. That's why you see the shaking around you. There's an earthquake. When Jesus went down to the earth, there was an earthquake, right? Because it was a shaking and a rumbling to prepare the earth and all three kingdoms, right? Prepare it for this great move of God that was taking place for the manifestation of the sons of God. When he came up out of there, we came out with him, shook the earth. We still, we are still earth shakers today. So I want to leave that word with you tonight, uh, today, whenever you listen to it, um, people of God, that God is calling you in from the field, but you got to have a field. You got to have something. In other words, when God, when, first of all, let me just say this, I can back this up so far. You got to have a house. Let's just say that. Go down to Jesse's house. In order to be located and in order to be found, you must have location. Search through scripture. And you will always find Deborah was under the palm tree. Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press. John the Baptist in the wilderness of Judea. Mary was at home. Everybody had location. Find somewhere like the old folks say and sit down. <laughs> I say that to you in love. Find somewhere and sit down. Quit wandering all over the place. And then you wonder why. I wonder why I don't see this wonder. First of all, but don't nobody know where you at. Can't find you. The GPS is rerouting, rerouting. Some of us out here, I'm literally seeing it as I'm saying it. Some of us in the realm of the spirit, your GPS is, it's, it just says reroute, 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 reroute. Because you keep taking turns where God has not said take a turn. Even when it's time to make a U-turn, the, the lady will say, make the, the first safe or legal U-turn. Some of us have made illegal U-turns. And then you're wondering why you can't reach your destination. Or you're not at that place where your angel who has blessings for you, you're not there. Get in the place where God has assigned you and stay there. Winds will blow, trees, everything. Stay put. Stay put. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that I will show you this day. Troubles will come. Trials will come. Remain steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the what work of the Lord, work, the laborer, the laborer. He said, for as much as you know that your what labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm talking to laborers tonight. And if you are not a laborer, if you are a couch potato, today is your day. I am deputizing you and I am hiring you to labor in the kingdom of God. For Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but I don't have enough folk out here doing the work. Well, people of God, that's gonna conclude my uh, apostolic prophetic empowerment for you uh, this week. My topic again was called in from the field. Amen, you gotta have a place, you gotta have a work assignment. That's how this thing works. <laughs> you know, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. But our father is a principled God. They are uh, parameters that God set in place from Genesis 1 that have not changed. He said, my word is forever settled. The sun goes down, the moon comes up. 
It is forever. So God is not changing it. And, and I'm, I'm just sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't understand that or if you have a problem with it. God is just unchangeable. He means what he means. And he says what he says. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That's how it works. And when you when you get it, I thank God I learned the precepts of righteousness. I thank God I learned the principles of salvation and the principles of God's word. And I, I learned that in, in theology. I learned it. I learned it. I knew of it, but I was able to really deep dive into it when I be, uh, um, was obtaining my degree. And I thank God for it. I thank God for it. Amen. So listen, I want you to walk in the blessings that are flowing from this word. I want you to bask in the overflow that God is releasing to you tonight. I want you to receive the refreshing that's coming from the presence of God tonight. Amen. For you laborers, I want you to know that God has favored you and your labor is not in vain. No one may see it. No one may shout you out. Don't worry about it. God's got you. Keep your hands to the plow. God is going to reward you openly for the things that you have done secretly. For those of you that hadn't quite tapped in, Tap in, praise God, so you can experience the fullness of what God has for you. You are living beneath your privileges as a child of God when you refuse to partner and labor with him. Amen. Uh, it is time to give. Uh, I don't have, praise God, I don't know if somebody's monitoring, but amen. If you've been watching, you know how to give by now. Praise God. Cash tag TLC Charlotte. Sow a seed. Amen. And uh, we speak the blessings of the Lord over you. We command Amen. Accelerated harvest upon your seed and that the devourer will not destroy the fruit of your ground. We love you and we bless you in Jesus name. Have a wonderful blessed week until next time. God bless you.